Hey, everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The All-Star Weekend is over, and LeBron James says he's got 23 of the most important games coming up that he's ever played. We'll talk about it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. Always free, never behind a paywall, and Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show, participate in a community of people over 12,000 strong. Subscribers are just lining up for that thing. Uh, and part of the reason is because it is just a great place to talk Lakers um, and vent frustration and talk strategy and starting lineups and all that good stuff. Uh, so we appreciate everybody's support for the channel there uh do want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network make every moment more visit fanduel.com/lockedon today to get started um Russell Westbrook didn't have to go very far uh very eyebrow raising uh finish to the where's Russell going to play he's going to join the Clippers once he is through with waivers and that is obviously of interest so we'll get to that before the end of the show uh, but let's start with uh the all-star weekend andy not only did lebron james play he briefly frightened everyone and then he said some really interesting stuff so let's start with the play and the frightening yeah lebron played some of the first half in this game before he exited with what was initially deemed by the nba to be a right hand injury said afterwards that it was really a finger injury. Um, it may have come on an attempt to block uh, Pascal Siakam and in the process uh, hit his finger awkwardly on the rim said afterwards, co uh, quote, coach Malone being Mike Malone, who coached the West is a defensive minded coach. And I told him I would get one stop tonight. I tried to get one little chase down block. I got my finger caught in the rim, but I'll be fine. It's not too much to worry about for precautionary reasons. Just took the rest of the night off. Um, I had noticed, Brian, by the way, before real quick, I will try to get one stop is like the, the, the all-star game in a nutshell. You can play me as long as you want. My goal tonight is one stop. <laughs> that's what I got in for you defensively, and that's it. Yeah, that, uh, that also seems to be uh, the nut of a lot of complaints, not just from fans and media, but even players and Coach Malone, that the game itself was a charade and nothing more. <laughs> but, um, LeBron, it was as, as former Lakers head coach Mike D'Antoni would have put it, a shamockery. Yes. Um, LeBron was honored at halftime for becoming the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. He was introduced by Dwayne Wade, and then he came out and gave Dwayne Wade a very hearty handshake with that same right hand. So I tweeted what? out at Cam Brothers, seems fine to me. Then afterwards, uh, when Damian Lillard hit the game-winning shot, uh, they showed Dame doing his, you know, Dame time celebration. And then you saw LeBron. It should be noted this was against Le the team that LeBron was captaining. And it ended his undefeated uh, record as a, an all-star captain. LeBron was doing the Dame time celebration also with the same right hand. And then afterwards, dapping up everybody there, always going in with the right hand, which 
led me to believe, Brian, that quite frankly, I'm not saying that LeBron, maybe that finger didn't hurt a smidge after uh, connecting with the rim, but this was really LeBron just saying, I'm done, and I am offering some degree of plausible deniability. Right. I mean, look, and nobody wants – I mean, no Laker fan, I'll put it this way, wants to see LeBron play even a second more in this game than is required. Many Lakers fans didn't want to play at all. And many Lakers fans, quite frankly, were really angry going into the game that he even played the game before. The only thought he tried to play the game before because he wanted to play in the All-Star game. Um, I mean, I, no, newsflash, folks, LeBron was going to be in Salt Lake City this weekend regardless. You know, look, you can get hurt doing anything. Um, Wayne Wade broke Kobe's nose one year. That's right. Um, but... And look, I, I didn't watch a second, I, a second of All-Star Weekend. Caught up a couple things on Twitter. Certainly saw all the complaints. I did see that the, I believe the score was 99 points to something at halftime. So it was not a lot of, not a lot of defense was being played from, Don't from effort. LeBron. He put in the defensive efforts, not his fault. <laughs> he gave you one. He gave you one. He was willing to get, he was willing to get hurt for the sake of All-Star defense. Um, he was really willing to get hurt for the sake of doing something cool. Um, I, I, that, so I think he handled that, uh, that start, that part of it fine. Um, you liked his, before we get to what he said in terms of looking forward to the rest of the season, which was really important. You, you actually got a kick out of how he chose the teams. They, 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 the NBA got most of the way there where they did the team picking before the game, which is cool. But they kind of bought, like they kind of still shied away from having somebody like be the obvious last pick in you a way what? that like could hurt somebody's feelings. They outsmarted themselves, in all honesty, because okay, first of all, I just I just to wrap up the whole LeBron injured finger thing, plausible deniability. Don't scare fans. Like, don't scare Laker fans over this. Like, just say, just list this thing as DNP. I'm old. It's an all-star game. I gave you all two dunks. I'm right. done. <laughs> like, just list it as I, that. My 53rd appearance in this game. <laughs> like, just, I don't, just, you could even say, I don't owe you bleep heads anymore. Like, that, DNP, you got what you got. Just DNP. Shut up. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like, fine. Not doing it. Because the plausible deniability I saw on Twitter, like, it freaked people out. Don't do that. But anyway, <laughs> Um, the whole picking oh the my arm, <laughs> the whole yeah, the whole picking the teams instead of picking your starters first, you know the designated starters, then the reserves, which would leave one guy last and coming off the bench. They had you draft your reserves first, then your starters. Except everybody knows the last reserved pick is the last guy picked. Right. He is the last reserve. And what really, again, the charade, what really lifted it was LeBron referred to Jaron Jackson Jr. as the last guy picked. <laughs> so, like, at that point, <laughs> we're not fooling anyone. I, I, I love the premise of it, too. Like, we don't want to hurt anybody's feel like, like, I guess internet clowns are going to, like, mock the guy who got picked last for the NBA All-Star game. Like, ha, ha, ha. You're the 24th best player on the planet. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, look, what? these these guys are all hyper competitive. I'm sure it bothers Jaron Jackson Jr. to be the last one picked. 
But these are really first world problems. And frankly, there are a lot of people who thought you shouldn't have been on the all-star team anyway. But LeBron, though, when he started picking his team, I actually tweeted out at Cam Brothers, if I'm LeBron, I just start, I am just picking the youngest team with the most first-time All-Stars who want to play <laughs> all of the minutes. LeBron's <laughs> first pick of the reserves, Anthony Edwards. I'm like, yes, there you go, LeBron. LeBron's next couple picks, Jalen Brown, mm. Paul George, Julius Randle. So now he's shifting into basically picking guys who all play his position. I'm like, yes, <laughs> you understand how to do this, baby. This is the plausible deniability. He can just play second half. They don't need me. They got a bunch of me's out there. They don't need me. I got like bunch. Of, I got a bunch of forwards. Then he picks like Tyrese Halliburton to run the offense, De'Aaron Fox to run the offense, Luca to run the like. They don't need me. But I loved how he did that. I do like, I do appreciate, like, just we'll get to LeBron. Like, Jokic thought he was, I think, the the last guy picked. And after we're talking about, you know, two time MVP now at this point, Jokic. Um, you know, odds are, mm-hmm. I forget, I get, but like odds on favorite to win it again this year. Easily one of the greatest players on the, on, on this or any other planet. But like said after the game, I would have picked myself last. Uh, this is not this game is not built for me. <laughs> like, this is no. not my jam, uh, the the All-Star game. All right, so LeBron, though, did say something really interesting when asked about the second half of the season over the weekend um, and the final 23 games the Lakers have. And uh, this definitely, I think, was something that stuck out to Lakers fans. We'll get to it next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has passed, and now it is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand bucks. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't even win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores to threes drained, or you can get saucy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three. Two Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes would have been good in the All-Star game. Plus, FanDuel even (laughs) lets you combine bets for a... Who takes the under in the (laughs) All-Star game? Who does that? (laughs) Let's you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba so uh you know the the big thing that stuck out uh in the in the all-star festivities was when lebron was asked um about the rest of the season talking about um what else he's got uh coming up uh and his his uh goals and where his focus is he said this uh, about the 23 games the Lakers have remaining. It's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. I'm going to figure out ways to make sure I'm available and on the floor for every single one of these 23 games. Um, we all know LeBron has been pretty good about being on the floor, but not. Uh, it has not been an injury-free season. Obviously, he had the foot thing after the, uh, the, the record-setting game against Milwaukee. I, I thought this was a pretty significant statement from LeBron. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not just a statement of his own intent. It's a statement to the rest of the team. Get your asses in gear. Like, we have officially reached no more screwing around time. And in particular, no more screwing around time when it comes to – I don't want to say his legacy because that's too strong. LeBron is a made man many times over – 
But in terms of the twilight of my career and how, you know, the, the, the last part of it looks, I don't want to keep missing the playoffs. So y'all better not drag me down with it too. Like I am looking to bring my A game, including A game availability. And I expect everybody else to take on that mentality. I, I, I 100% agree that there's, there's that, that is part of the statement. Um, I think it is, you know, he says, I want to make a push to make the playoffs. I see myself I, I, I see myself not being kept out of the postseason two years straight. That's not part of my DNA. Uh, we're sitting here talking about things uh, the record, things of that nature, but I'm more passionate about trying to make the postseason and give ourselves a chance to compete for another Larry O'Brien trophy. That's just who I am. That's what I am cut from. I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's the element of like, you know, a little bit of of posturing here in terms of, you know, talking up the, the game here, but I, I believe him when he says it really bugs him to be out of the playoffs for two years in a row. He still considers himself one of, if not the best player in the game. And when you are that guy, at least traditionally, you are in the playoffs. Um, how that works in today's game, I think, is a little bit different than it was 20 years ago. But that's still basically the baseline that people work with, and I don't disagree with him. Um, but I will say this. I think it's... It's interesting, too, that he focused not on his level of play, not on I'm going to you know really crank it up. People talk about playoff LeBron. You're going to see 23 games of playoff. He talked about availability. And that, to me, was a different kind of message than it probably would have been five or six or seven years ago because the acknowledgement there is that, yes, like I am not – bankable to be on the floor for every game like definitionally if i'm saying i'm going to do whatever i can to make myself available for these 23 games it says because there's you know a track record here of me not being able to play 23 straight games so i thought that was really interesting as well well in particular too not always being available down the stretch of a season whether because he's too banged up, the season's already lost, or a combination of both, that's what happened in his first season with the Lakers. It's what happened in his fourth season with the Lakers. There were injuries in the second half of the season in his third year, the year that they had the first round exit against Phoenix. And if the Lakers end up missing the playoffs this season, it won't just be the second season in a row for LeBron. It'll be his third in the last five seasons. And other than, again, the 2020 championship run, which was very specific and odd and isolated in the in the way it was set up. I, I don't mean this in an asterisk sort of way. It's a real no, championship. No, it's because they had, you can't, the, the one lesson you cannot pull from the bubble title. It's not that it's a bubble. It's not that it's away from home. It's not that all, it's, a, it's that, you you can't use that as a template on how to keep LeBron and Anthony Davis healthy throughout well, a season. I, I don't you can't even, normally give them three and a half months off. That's that, that's, that's how I that's how I look at it. Sure, yeah, I, I agree with you there. The reason I bring that up is just the idea that it that it affected his perception in this city, and I think the way people remember the championship just because it's so disconnected 
to the rest of his championships, to the rest of Laker championships, to the rest of the way an NBA season normally operates. But like it's his time in LA has been extremely strange. It's been very bizarre. It's like swung in very, very opposite directions. It's either been win a championship, miss the playoffs altogether, very little in between. It's very difficult to think of players of that stature who repeatedly miss the playoffs. Like two years in a row, that doesn't really happen very often. No. And it's... It... I mean, anyways, let me ask you this, because you mentioned the idea of like sending a signal to teammates. I saw a couple people, you know, kind of throwing this around. And when you said it, it got me thinking about it. I don't I don't want to turn, you know, a couple of what was happening a couple of weeks ago when people were trying to or a week ago, whatever it was in the record game, when uh, people were trying to take AD's reaction and make it into a thing where he and LeBron are like having this falling out, because I don't think that's a thing. But how much of it I mean, when you say he's talking to his teammates, how much of that do you think is directed towards 80? Like you gotta be on the floor. Um, or do you think a lot of it? Yeah. I mean, I've got, I only ask because I don't, I've never gotten the sense that Anthony Davis doesn't want to play, that he's sitting games that he doesn't think he can play. And you send that message. I think as much as anything to a player that you think could be playing more games than he has been. So I was just wondering if you thought, other than we all have to do it if there was something specific to AD in that comp. It's not a, I don't think mm-hmm. a catch-all availability message to everybody. It's a, I need the best version of you. I don't, I don't think LeBron holds injuries against Anthony Davis other than maybe it frustrates him that AD gets hurt so often. But I, I don't get a sense that he thinks AD could be playing through stuff. Yeah, I could. don't either. I just, but it, 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 Got me thinking, and I, I think that's probably a place that, especially anytime anybody talks about, like, we need to all be on the floor, we need to all be locked in, that, and especially given LeBron's messaging history, I think that's something that a lot of people would at least think. Um, Russell Westbrook, Andy, has a new team, or will, um, shortly. He did not have to move very far to get there. We'll talk about it next. I think, Andy, if you could poll Lakers fans and ask them which team that they would hope Russell Westbrook would land on should he be bought out by the um, by the Utah Jazz post-trade, it would have been the Los Angeles Clippers. And it's not because they wish Russ or the Clippers well. And yet, <laughs> this is where he is going. So Lakers fans get their wish. Uh, he has been bought out by Utah. I believe it's on Wednesday he'll be able to join the Clippers uh, so in time for them to... Assuming he clears floor. waivers, Brian. That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a plot twist? <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but assuming he clears waivers... He can join the Clippers uh, Wednesday in time for the NBA to restart on Thursday... What was your reaction when you thought this, when you saw this? Because the Clippers were one of the teams that were kind of bandied about because just because they don't have, they haven't had a point guard point guard in a long time. I, I had been repeatedly, because there there had been different like tweets from Woj or Shams about, you know, the Clippers having interest in Russell Westbrook, you know, the, the Jazz giving Russ permission to talk to these different teams. 
and that it's, they seem to be connecting the Clippers and Russ. And I kept retweeting at Cam Brothers all of those tweets with Shams and Woj with a gif of Gus, the scene in Breaking Bad where Walter White has to go into uh, Poyos Hermanos and tell Gus that he has to, that he's been told to bug his car, like to put a GPS on his car. And he doesn't want to do that. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want, I, they're making me do this. My brother's, you know, D agent. And Gus just looks at him and says, do it. Because <laughs> he's already got the plan ahead of time how I'm going right. to mess this thing up. Just do it. I kept just retweeting that news with the gif of Gus saying, do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Because, man, do I want to see this. <laughs> because it was funny, like, in the lead-up to it, like, Paul George, for example, who played with with Russ in Oklahoma City, they did, you know, they had good chemistry together, worked well. Like, it's like, there, are, there were Clippers who wanted Russell Westbrook to be on the team. It was an open question whether the Clippers wanted Westbrook. And what's funny about it is, like, you can think of a thousand reasons why it won't work. But if you're going to pick a team, in, especially in the West, where it could, in theory, the Clippers are not a bad option for that. I don't think. Here's the thing about Russ and the Clippers. There are on-paper reasons why. Mm -hmm. This could, if nothing else, work better than it did with the Lakers. Like, first, as you mentioned, they clearly want, they have convinced themselves over the last few years that they need a point guard. You know, they've used Paul George as a point forward, and I think he's done fairly well with it. They've used Terrence Mann as a quasi point guard, sort of a shorter point forward. He's done okay with it. You know, they brought in Eric Gordon, who can be a secondary playmaker. Like Kawhi Leonard can run sets. They've got guys who can do the task, but they don't have anybody who is a true point guard. It wasn't working with Reggie Jackson. It certainly wasn't working with John Wall. This is something that you've heard about the Clippers wanting for the last few years. Russell Westbrook is a legit point guard. Like he is. Now, he, with all of the issues that come with Russ, and we're going to get into you know the downsides, all that stuff. You don't end up tenth on the all-time assist list without being a true point guard. Like he is. The Clippers also too offer a lot more spacing than oh, yeah. the Lakers did. Like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the two leading scorers on this team, the two best players on this team. They are better outside shooters than certainly Anthony Davis, but I would even say LeBron, or at the very least, you can have them spread out more without necessarily messing up your offense in the same way LeBron being the guy spacing the floor is not what you want. I no, also think the two of them, no. the two of them also, I think when they're taking threes, there's less of a settling element than what often goes on with LeBron taking threes. So Russ is going to have more space to operate on this team. And the best right, just so, of Just so people are aware, Norman Powell is a 42% free throw shooter. Terrence Mann's 40%, basically. George is 38. Marcus Morris is 38. Kawhi is 38. Batum is 38. Eric Gordon is 38. Like yeah. That's a lot of spacing. I also think, too, 
not that I think Russ was being brought in to be the galvanizing leader of this team, but it is a bit easier for him to be an alpha dog personality on this team, given Kawhi Leonard's nature, given Paul George's nature, than the Lakers with LeBron. Like, yeah, it just is. Like, th- those guys are much more type B personalities with type A talent than, than LeBron, who is the ultimate, rightly, alpha male. I, what I, what I think is, I saw, and I, I don't, just because I, I just, I think there's a giant chunk of this that is, that is literally true and misses the point entirely. I saw, uh, somebody we follow on, on Twitter and, and, and gen- I love their stuff. Note that like on a, like Russ on a minimum contract is, in, is really good value because he provides way more production than a minimum contract guy would. And that is 100% true in the most literal sense. And like the statistical sense that is, no question, but you can't, you can't talk about Russ in that context, it's just a, an average minimum guy as if his like name was Wes Russell instead of Russell Westbrook or something like some guy that you just like some guy. He's Russell Westbrook. And so, yes, he's a minimum guy, but like there is going to be other things that go into this idea of having Westbrook on your team. So he's not your normal minimum guy. He's going to outproduce the minimum contract from a statistical standpoint. But if you're going to have Westbrook on your team, this is the problem the Lakers ran into. You, like, you things change when he's on the floor. You, there is an opportunity cost to having Russ out there because other stuff is going to happen, and people are going to change their games, and Tyloo's going to have to do different stuff or whatever. And how they how they fold all that in is going to be difficult, especially since they've just acquired Eric Gordon and they've got other, you know, they've just made you know made some other trades. Bones Highland, and in- Mason Plumley, yeah, and that initially made me think it's, it's just one more thing, and Russ is this bomb that you're dropping in there. But the other reason I think that it kind of works for the Clippers more than other teams, and this is not necessarily a compliment; it's just a reflection of the reality of this group, is that they've had so little continuity for the last like two and a half seasons. In, especially in regular seasons, that it all there's not they're not blowing anything up. Like they've already changed the roster significantly to what they've been playing. George and Kawhi are always in and out of the lineup. Like it's not like they've had this team that's been nails for 50 games in a row and they're all on the floor together and they've got this cohesive thing going. I'm not saying it's gonna be easy, but like they've not taken the regular season all that seriously from a continuity standpoint for a while. So to some degree, I think the idea that you think you can just fold Russ in there kind of fits into the way they've been operating. I I don't agree with that because I think the supporting cast, there's actually been a fair amount of continuity. Like Avica Zubats, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, like those guys have been there a while. They have, but the context of those guys only, you know, changes considerably when the stars are in and out of the lineup. And you've already, and you've already changed the supporting cast with trades, but not that much though. They didn't really, other, other than Reggie Jackson, they didn't really trade anybody who's been doing much over the last couple of years. So I think as far as the supporting cast goes, like there is a foundation of continuity that I think has been there. It's part of the reason why the Clippers have done so well 
all things considered, without Ka- Kawhi and Paul George a- available as often as they have been, you know, it. I'm not skeptical in terms of like Russ's moods, like all that. Because like if the presence is too big, you just cut him. Like th- this is low risk in terms of chemistry or locker room issues, stuff like that. Like he's easy, he's too easily gotten rid of. No, it's it's the again, it's the 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 cost isn't the Oppor- chemistry. It's the opportunity cost of you've spent. 12 games right. trying to make Russ work when you could have just not had him and right. gone with the rest of the roster. Exactly. If the basketball gods exist, Andy, they will make sure that the April 5th game between the Lakers and the Clippers has meaning. That game needs to mean something, whether that's a fight for seeding, whether what if Russ could eliminate the Lakers from from playoff contention on that night. Like the game must have meaning. I mean, the seeds work out, and this is a possibility where the, you know the Lakers get in and they face the Clippers. Like there are so many ways that you could end up with a playoff series where it's Russ against the Lakers, and like. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George disappear from this series in terms of what people are talking about for the lead-in. It becomes Russ versus the Lakers, which, by the way, favors the Lakers. He, the great, like the most, we're living in the upside-down scenario, and just like the most hell is upon us for the Lakers would be the Clippers win a championship. With Russ averaging a triple double every single series, he leads the playoffs in off ball baskets scored, like off cuts. He in the Western Conference Finals, he locks down Kevin Durant, holding him to like seven points per game. And then in the finals, he locks down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at the same time. Like he keeps looking <laughs> back at Paul and Kawhi. He's like, Guys, I got this. Relax. My team, I got this. My team is on the floor. And then hits a game-winning three in the closing seconds of game seven of the finals. By the way. That, that he waved off Kawhi and Paul George right. for. There is not a Clipper fan on the planet who believes any of those things are going to happen. No. They are terrified. Again. Clippers fan, I don't care how, you know, I don't care what kind of front you're putting up in terms of coming. You are all of you are terrified. All of you, as well, as well you should be. As yeah. well, you. Um, all right, lock, lock the Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to uh, see the show uh, and uh, participate again in a great community of people. Uh, we got a Mo Bamba preview. We've been doing previews of the new Lakers, uh, deep dives in all of them. We got Mo Bamba coming up for you on Wednesday. Uh, and just all kinds of stuff. LeBron James got 23 of the most important games of his career, regular season-wise, left to play, and uh, they're all going to be interesting, and the Lakers got to win a lot of them. So uh, we will see everybody on Wednesday.